Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I am super excited to have Ashana on with me today. Ashana, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Les. I'm very, very happy to be here. So thanks for the invitation. I was a little extra excited about this one. It's funny, about half of the people that are on the podcast, Ashana, are folks I reach out to, mm-hmm. so I know of them. And then uh, the other half are people that reach out to us, and I usually don't know, and I have to research a little. Mm-hmm. And then you guys reached out to come on, and I was so excited because not only do I know who you are, but I've listened to your music so much for so many years. You were like so famous in my mind already. <laughs> so I, you know, it's one of those where I uh, I perked up and kind of bragged to the, the people in my house, like, oh. you're never going to believe who's coming on the podcast. That's so fun. <laughs> I've listened to your song Vision hundreds oh of God. times. Oh hundreds. Not only that, uh, just to let you know a little bit what it meant to me, I run a gym and I, for years, I taught a strength and conditioning class and we, mm-hmm. we start every class with like chilling out. Mm-hmm. And for a while, that's the song that my clients heard when they walked in, they got on a foam roller and they like turned everything down, their yeah. nervous system down. And then we would do breath work and I might have them do some humming to resonate with that. So that was my go-to song that I was like, when I'm out of idea, like I just put that on and I know it'll work. So it was, um, it was really special to me personally to see that email and it's, I'm really grateful that you're out there and it's really an honor to finally uh, meet you kind of in person, you know, face to face. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> if, if we were there, we would have a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> so. So very excited to speak with you. Um, Thank you. So you've been putting out music for quite some time and using yeah. it as a, a tool for healing. And that's something that on the podcast we've talked about uh, before. But I would like to um, talk about a little bit more in depth today and maybe start off by um, what brought you to using music um, the way that you do. I would have to say that it was just um, this beautiful process of following the breadcrumbs. 
So, uh, you know, I never started out to do healing music. I, I think that the process of growing into healing music was and has been and continues to be part of my own um, growth, expansion, connection with soul, connection to the divine. Um, I, it's, it's, it's exquisite. I, I, I began music, working with music, working with music, playing music, doing music, loving music as a, as a very young girl and, um, and went to uh, a special school for uh, music, uh, well, a special program in high school for music and then went to conservatory uh, in New York City and that was its own experience. And then following that, it was just musical theater, and it was pop and jazz and this and that. And I just began exploring and experimenting with a whole bunch of different um, stylistically to grow. And so I did opera. I did a very, very intensive many years uh, in the early music scene in New York City. And, and it just kept going from there. And I just kept walking step by step by step. And the pretty much from the time I was in my pre-teens, I was writing songs and I was writing music. Um, but it was really in about in 2005, uh, after I had been playing Crystal Singing Bowls for about six years, that I connected with Thomas Barkey, who is the producer of that song that you love so much. And uh, he and I have been working together um, consistently for 17 years oh, wow. um, we've you know we're getting ready to release a whole new album this year and another single and we released other stuff last year so it's just this continuous exploration and growing and deepening into uh, music and sound as a healing modality so now it, it, it's trending you know we, we have that <laughs> That whole thing about, oh, sound healing, you know, like it's some brand new thing. And sound healing's been around for like, you know, 7,000, 10,000 years for as long as humanity has existed and hey, had a can spiritual you, connection. Can you and expand I, on that? So it's funny because I'll work with a client and I'll pitch using sound as a tool to heal. And I'm really shooting from the hip. But yeah. you go into some further detail in your book. Can you take a moment and expand on the history in which how cultures were using it? as for healing? Well, every culture that we know of on earth uh, has used sound and music as healing. You know, the, the ancient Greeks, um, the, in, in ancient Greek culture, the musicians were considered the physicians. Uh, in Egyptian culture, the ancient Egypt I'm talking about, everything was about vibration and sound current so that when you literally and i just came back from egypt with an, and had like a deep dive into that experience because literally you know on the walls of all the um the temples and the pyramids you you have these hieroglyphics and and uh, each one of those is a vibrational sound current so that when you walk into the space itself it's humming i can't explain it better the, to you like the building that. itself the structures 
No, not the structures, but, it, but it, as you become more and more and more and more sensitive to vibrational frequency, you can literally, when you walk into sacred places and temples, I'm not just talking about in Egypt, I'm talking about our cathedrals that are all around the world. If we walk into places that are considered sacred, even in nature, deep places in nature, on the land, mountains, um, particular power spots on the, on the earth, we can feel, you can sense, your intuitive knowingness as a human can sense this connection with the land, with the, with the vibration of all that prayer, all that loving intention, all of that desire to connect with something greater than, you know, the small conditioned human self. And, and it's impalpable in, in certain places on the earth. And this is, this is vibration. Now to kind of go back to your, to your question about, you know, historically, how, how sound and, and music was used in cultures. Let's say you go to um, indigenous cultures, Native American cultures, there, this is sound with, and prayerful sound was a very potent practice. This was what was done for healing. You know, there, there would be drummers drumming and sounding particular chants, and these sounds and chants would be a way to connect with uh, the ancestors, a way to connect with the healing, uh, for lack of a better word, because I'm not Native American, so I'm going to use this word, um, to connect with the deities or the, the energetic beings that are unseen, um, to bring them in to, to do specific work. And, and I, I am aware of, of this practice because my son-in-law is uh, Navajo, and, and I have, I ha his, his family is, is um, are, are some of the medicine men in, in the tribe. And so I hear stories about this, you know, when, when family members have become sick, they hold ceremony, and a big part of that ceremony is prayer and sound. It's spoken prayer, chanted prayer, sung prayer. Um, and that's been going on for eons. We have the same thing in India. Um, did you want this long of a discussion <laughs> on this point? Because <laughs> I, I, I have no time. I have no time restraint. So if there's something you want to touch on. Well, it, you know, in, in <laughs> India that create the, the whole structure of, of music in, in East Indian music is probably one of the most sophisticated musical structures on the planet. And it is, it is ancient. And there are, um, there are, uh, musical structures called ragas. And these, these ragas, of which there are, we believe there are approximately 500, at least 500 ragas, and these are f musical forms or structures that, uh, that are the basis or the foundation for creating pieces of music or playing music. And each one of those ragas is specifically attuned to a state of being, to an emotion, to a quality, really? to, to a, a time in nature, to a time of the season, to a time of the day. And, and they are applied, um, let us say for, for lack of a better word, prescriptively to evoke, to evoke uh, a state of being, a state of consciousness. I've listened so, to tons of like Indian classical music over the years during meditation or my yoga practice. Yeah. And I've seen that word, raga, raga. 
but I never I never knew what that meant. So well, you're saying that speaks to a, an actual type of structure of music? Uh, yes, uh, a raga for in Western music, we would call it a scale. Okay. Right? Yeah, so, their and, sounds much different. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, they are very, very different. I mean, They're we bendy. basically in West in Western music we have maybe uh, seven really seven scales between seven to ten scales that we use, and they're ubiquitous in all of of Western music. So we have that basic C major scale, do re mi fa so la si do, do si la so fa mi re do, and then we have it in minor, do re mi fa so la si do, do si la so fa mi re do, and and that pretty much I will tell you forms the entire basis for. Uh, Western music, whether it's um, uh, American style music or Celtic music. Now we have something in addition to those basic major and minor scales, um, and we call them uh, modes. And these were these dated back to the time of of the old Christian Church. And these are essentially, uh, for those of you who understand piano, they're the white you know, the white notes of the scale. So going from D to D or E to E or F to F, and you stay strictly on the white notes, that'll give you a sense of the sound mm. of a mode. And so that pretty much is what we have in Western music. Simple. And then you go to India. And, and so, so think about having, you know, 500 of these. So they use different combinations of notes, and you know we have our um, our our tuning is tempered tuning, and and we have like twelve notes in a scale, going from I'll just use C again because that's the most uh, common way to to start it. We go C, C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, etc. And in Indian music, they have all the microtones. These are the notes that are between the notes. And so in, in East Indian music, there could be, there are 22 to 33 notes in a scale. We are talking a level of sophistication um, that Western music, as we know it, really does not have. So all of this, I mean, that's just a music theory, so I hope it right. didn't drive, drive your people crazy. <laughs> like that, because that's really probably, you know, more information than most people want to know or understand. We, we nerd out on this podcast <laughs> here and there. Well, that's a, it's a really nerdy place to go in music, you know. But all of those microtones create nuance in sound. And the nuances in sound can literally, like, open up tiny little portals in consciousness. And the organization of how those notes in the scale or the raga are put together, they're designed, they're, they're openings, they stretch us, they move us into places inside our consciousness. So, as I said, you know, music, music and healing music has been around for eons i mean as, as old as humanity you know drumming for example in in uh drumming in didgeridoos in in maori culture and hawaiian culture um and other cultures that i don't even know about but you know the sound of the drums was very very significant it it formed our it was connected with our heartbeat 
with our pulse and, and deeply connecting us to the earth. And of course, we have that in Western music and we have that in, in, in East Indian music is very prevalent. You have, you know, tablas, which form a sophisticated rhythmic accompaniment to any kind of lyrical instrument or stringed instrument or flute or vocalization. So, it, you know, music is not, it, it's, let me say it this way, it is so much more than what the average American understands and is fed through, you know, television and, and, and radio and internet music where it's, it's chopped down to four-minute bites and songs that sell commercially. Right. I mean, that's almost a, oh, it's a travesty. But even so, those little bites allows everybody to be able to resonate with the I resonate with the idea that they're affected by it and can alter Absolutely. their mood and use it as a tool to um, Absolutely. to ride the wave of life, if you will. Absolutely. I won't I don't disagree with you on that at all. I'll structure but workouts based on like like I know how a workout's gonna go. So I'll line up the music accordingly so that I know the music will provide the mood that I need for that stage. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and I know, I know I used to be an avid runner and it's very common for runners to compile their playlists mm -hmm. where they're like motivational songs are hitting at the end mm -hmm. when, mm -hmm. you know, there's some suffering and you, you need that extra motivation. Mm -hmm. well, another interesting factor that though, is there'd be like a tolerant, let's say you had a favorite song that really got you going. Mm -hmm. You'd build like a tolerance to it. So if you found one that really did the trick, you had to like use it sparingly. Like you didn't want it to waste it almost because it would, the effect would rub off. <laughs> I don't find that with like the type of music you make. I find that always to be relaxing, but when you're relying on a music to like get you through the finish line, when you're an hour deep into uh -huh. some suffer fest, I find that like a song that worked last year won't work this year. Well, because you've changed. Oh, that's interesting. Your yeah. vibrational frequency has changed. I mean, I I will tell you, like in my other lifetime previous to do it to doing what I'm doing now, um, but in my other lifetime, I was a. Um, I taught a program called Music Together, and I taught it for about 11 years. This was a program for parents and their young and bringing music into, into classes uh, with parents and children under six years of age, from in infants to six. And I remember, I can remember, I had one child. He was like two years old. His name was Alexander, and his parents were very high intellectual scientists uh, in what, at one of the national laboratories. And this child only wanted to listen to Ariana Grande. That's it. And for like the two to three years that I knew him, he listened to the same album over and over again every single day for two to three years. And his mother, would, you know, she was like driving and she, her 
tearing her hair out over this. She's like, oh my God, you know, can you help him, Ashana? Can I do something else? And it was like, no, man, this is, this is where he's at and, and mm. he's being fed on some frequency, some specific energetic dial up and download that he's getting from this music that he doesn't get from any place else. And he's drinking it in and he's, and he's feeding on it. And, and we see this, you know, I mean, in my husband, for example, he is a huge um, like Bob Marley uh, fan. And when we drive long distances, that is the first thing he'll pop on Bob Marley and Jason Mraz and oh my God, there's a couple others and I just can't remember who they are. And it's like a steady, you know, it's just as the way you described it. Gets him across the finish line, gets him, you know, we've driven more and more miles touring to Bob Marley, you know. <laughs> like headphones on and off he goes. Not a not a terrible option. No, no, no. So I, I gotta not ask um it is, you know. For the people listening on the podcast, at some point you might want to check out the video because behind you is such a display of of art you know the the intersection of art and music with these instruments uh what a collection of bowls you have i'm quite intrigued let's um talk a little bit about your your tool of choice and um the what how and why of the crystal bowl so what would you like to talk about well i guess first of um what drew you initially to that tool in particular? Like what, uh, how did you get your first bowl in your hand? Uh, through a lot of synchronicity. And, uh, it, and it really was uh, a moment when somebody that I knew called me up and said, um, have you ever heard of crystal singing bowls? Uh, I said, no. She said, these are right up your alley. I said, okay, I ordered one sight unseen. I trusted her so much. I said, fine, get one for me. Um, I ordered it sight unseen. It arrived in my house three weeks later, you know, packed in double boxes. It was one of the big white classic frosted bowls. It was about 14 inches. And these were the bowls, you know, the, the original crystal singing bowls, or they're calling them now sound bowls. Um, so this was a classic frosted. And I took it out of the box. I was living in New Mexico at the time. I had a little house out in uh, rural New Mexico. I put it on my kitchen table. I tapped the side of the bowl. I promptly burst into tears. Uh, I, it was instantaneous. The first thought I had was that light had come to live in my house. And the very second thought I had uh, was one day I'm going to put these into music. And you got to remember, like, this was back in, like, 1999. So crystal singing bowls were not all over the place the way they are beginning to be now. Sound healing didn't exist at that point in time as a topic of conversation or as a consideration as a healing modality. It was just at its nascent point. It was... It, it, it was it was baby steps there, so you know I'm considered one of the pioneers in sound healing with crystal singing balls. So 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 when this moment happened, 
uh, I was completely smitten with, with these instruments. And three weeks later, I had seven. Um, I imme- I mean, immediately I was like, oh man, I, I gotta get more of these. You can't just, you can't do this with just one bowl. It was, it was so obvious to me. So I had seven and then for, you know, about two, about two years, I was just playing them, uh, for myself, for other people, you know, um, different before they had sound baths, I was doing what they are, what they're calling now sound baths. Um, bringing them in, doing meditations and guided meditations and playing bowls for people um, and, and having amazing experiences with them. And, and then around in 2005, um, my soul said, it's time. You are done doing what you've done, which was, you know, this program that I told you about, Teaching Music Together. It was a really clear, hard stop. And I sold my business, and I turned around, and I made my first album with Thomas, uh, who I met through another sequence of really amazing synchronicities, and um, walked into the studio with him, and three days later, we had recorded the Ave Maria, which is now iconic and classic in, uh, in the field of, of interpretations of Ave Maria. That piece has literally gone, uh, gone on to be played and listened to by millions and millions and millions of people all over the world. And that was the first song we recorded. Um, it was amazing. And then after that, we, we recorded Jewels of Silence, which has that song that you love so much vision and we never stopped. We still, there's a lot on that album that I, Yeah, there's a lot on that album, but you know, if you, that's the album that got me. Well, uh, well, there's, (laughs) you know, try listening to honestly, if you love that album, we, we released a, we released a new song last year called cosmic grace, which is, it'll just absolutely take your breath away. I listened to it this morning. Thank you. And, and that was with Benji Wertheimer. Um, playing Esraj, and then we have um, we have what we for a long time we called the follow up to Jewels of Silence. To it's coming out this year, and uh, and it's 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 called it has its own title, uh, which is called Songs of Orion. So um, I'm super super stoked about this album because there's just astonishing, beautiful music on it. Oh, looking forward to it. Yeah, my go-to time these days for your music is uh, post-workout. I get in the sauna. I'll go through some stretches, and then I turn it on, and I get in like a more traditional seated meditation, and I'll do a little bit of breath work and then meditation. Yeah. And it's nice. I like that um, there's something about it that's not just like peaceful and inviting and, uh, you know, very beautiful music, but my it doesn't grab my mind like um you know if i listen to things with lots of words that i understand mm-hmm. <laughs> i just you know it creates thoughts and i'm yeah. like tr- i'm trying to just be and there's something about creating the space for me to just be that your music provides that just um it works really well for me i really enjoy it and uh i don't get tired of it for sure mm-hmm. so these bowls um 
you, you mentioned and we talk a lot on this podcast about stress because you know, there's a lot of things we do to try to empower people to play a larger role in their sense of well-being and like mm -hmm. cultivate greater health for themselves and over the years it's definitely been clear to me that um stress is like this big interference of us being healthy and like hitting that homeostatic space where everything is in balance and there's something about this tool that helps in some way uh like that recalibration so like that um the reset from the stress state what's going on there is that just the body literally resonating with the bowl and if so why can it work with so many different bowls at so many different frequencies like it seems to not quite matter which like you're going to get a po positive result no, it doesn't matter what the bowl is or what the song is like what's what's going on there or maybe it it does and i'm not as um sensitive to pick up on it oh wow that's a big long question <laughs> i'm not sure where to start um it it does matter first of all um what the bowl is and to you right uh, and it and it does matter um who's playing honestly okay uh, because you you can absolutely have an experience of somebody playing crystal singing bowls that is can be uncomfortable right so if they're even though they're really simple to play, they're they're easy to play. Um, they're not necessarily uh, easy to play well, and that's something to take into consideration. Uh, let's just put, let's put it this. Let me put it this way. So, think about having a guitar, and you get some person in there, whether it's a male or a female person, and they're playing. And they're just like wanging away on the guitar. And it's like crazy, 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 crazy. And then you hand the guitar to Eric Clapton. Or you hand it to Stevie Vaughan. Or you hand it to, you know, one of the classical guitarists like Andre Segovia. Or you hand it, you hand the same instrument into another pair of hands. Like with, with, with my students, I often give them the example of as opposed to a guitar, I, I give them the example of a cello player and say, okay, let's, let's take a, a young prodigy who is um, just up and coming on the cello. And you go and you, and you hear them play. And it's beautiful. But then you take the same cello and you put it in the hands of someone like Yo-Yo Ma. And he sits down and plays the same piece and your life will never be the same. I can understand that. Help me understand with the bowl more. Because but when I, I think of, when I hear the, the guitar, I think of like, well, there's so much variability. You could play any note. When I see a bowl, it's like, but it's, but it's one note, Ashana. Like <laughs> I know, I know. I think I it's know. one note. Aren't they I, like I tuned to a certain 
frequency? Well, they're not tuned, first they're of all. They're not, okay. Those are not tuned. They, they, they come out of, of production the way they are. They, they, they come out the note that they are. Okay. So, it, and that note can vary in, in tuning to very slight uh, um, gradations of tuning, slightly higher, slightly lower. So when they make a whole, you know, passel of bowls, um, they never know what's going to come out. They get really? they might have a good idea. Yeah, they might. Oh, have I just idea. assumed it was like standardized somehow. No, oh, that's no. interesting. It's not. The bowls will come out the way the bowls come out, and uh, there are some companies that uh, I believe that uh, can refine that process more. Um, so you can say, oh, I want to get a bunch of Fs, or I want to get a bunch of G sharps, or whatever it is. Um, but it's harder to do. Uh, and I, I have yet to know that this can be done. So that doesn't mean you can't do it, but I, in the company that I work with, with Crystal Singing Bowls, um, they haven't been able to do that yet. So, so the important thing to, to take into consideration with Crystal Singing Bowls is they're pure quartz crystal, right? They're, they're pure quartz crystal in these particular bowls that have been uh, infused and overlaid with precious gemstones, minerals, and metals. So like some of the ones that you're looking behind me are like iron and indium and gold. And so that's where the colors come from. The colors come from that. The things they're adding to the crystals. Yeah. Um, so here we're looking over here, and there's ruby bowl. There's this Himalayan salt bowl. There's a citrine bowl. There's a selenite bowl. There's a rose quartz bowl. So... You know, all of that's been added in to the making of the bowl. Now, let's look at the properties of pure quartz crystal. So the pure, the properties of quartz crystal are to amplify energy, make it bigger, to transmit energy, to send it out, to store or contain energy, to absorb energy, and to transmute or transform energy. So there is, now let's call it the yo-yo ma factor here, right? So when you add in the player of the bowl, you have, in my opinion, a new alchemy that is created, and that is the alchemy of the consciousness of the player and the bowl. Because the bowl is such a simple instrument. You take your mallet, you go around the rim, and, and the bowl is being played by a human. That bowl cannot do anything unless, you know, I take the mallet and I go around the rim. Otherwise, it's going to sit there just like all my friends behind me <laughs> and, and look beautiful. And basically resonate their energy in the room without making any sound. But when I sit down and I tap the side of the bowl and I begin to play, there is my energy field coming in, my years of experience playing, um, my consciousness, and so that inter information from you and your consciousness 
is being absorbed by the bowl and then retransmitted out. It's being let, let's let's because that sounds like a one way street, but it's two ways, right? So the bowl is connect. The bowl and I are connecting. We're creating a brand new. You're thing. holding it, so it's yeah. okay. I'm holding it. I'm playing it. I'm attuned to this sound. I'm being impacted and entrained by this sound. My personal resonance is shifting and expanding and growing bigger with the resonance of the bowl itself. So we're doing we're doing a dance here. This is this is a very organic and expansive uh, relationship. So this is living consciousness in one form, meeting living consciousness in another form, and creating vibrational sound together. So this is why you can hear someone playing a crystal singing bowl and go, oh my God, I love that sound. I love that. I love the way it makes me feel. And then you can go to, let's say, another sound bath and, and you have a different experience entirely. Right. I want to be really clear. This isn't like, I'm not saying to your audience, like, well, I'm the best crystal singing bowl player, so you should only listen to me. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there is a, an impact between, there's an effect, there's a, there's a relationship Relation. between the player and the bowl, and that has a direct impact on the sound and the vibrational effect that um, is, is experienced by the listener. So you play we have that to take, so beautifully. We have to take that piece into consideration. So if we don't take that piece into consideration, then we think, oh, you know, I'm going to have the same experience no matter, because it's a bowl. And so if Alice plays my bowl or John plays my bowl, we're all going to have the same experience because it's all about the bowl. But it's not. It's about the player and the bowl. That's the piece that really, I think, is important to understand. So when you are, let's just say, exploring sound and vibrational healing, you go, oh, I want to get my own bowl I want to play. Well, one of the first things that's really helpful is to have some uh, instructions so you know how to play, and you can play um, with a level of more depth and more sensitivity. That's always helpful. Is it necessary? Not really uh, you know unless you're going to be giving sound baths and working on it on a more professional level sharing it with other people but if you're just playing for yourself you got to get some rudiments at least you know right. on how to make the sound and then what happens is um, my invitation to every person doing this is to really develop a, your relationship with your bowl you know connect with it listen to it don't come at the bowl. Be with the bowl. And this is something that's important to understand because oftentimes, you know, as with any musical instrument, we tend to objectify it as a thing. You know, my piano, I say, oh, that's my piano. It's a thing. My harps that I have, you can't see them, they're over here. But they're things. They're things to be played. But really, this is an instrument that is here for me to be in relationship with. 
I feel it, I sense it, I'm grateful for it, I love it, I learn from it, I receive the sound as much as I am playing the sound. Right? Does that make sense? It absolutely does. There's something about the felt sound too that is different than just the heard sound, heard. Like mm -hmm. there's something more. Mm -hmm. And is is that what resonance is? Or you alluded to a word earlier that um, entrained. Entrainment. So are those, those are different things, resonating different and entrained. Entrainment you, and resonance are two different things. Can you explain further? So, so in, in the world of sound and vibration, actually in the world of physics, you know, when we have a vibration or a sound that is dominant, then all of the, everything else that's around that in the environment of that sound, we say becomes entrained by it. So the vibrational frequency of everything around that sound will shift. Now, this is beautifully illustrated um, by a, a research experiment that was done. Oh my gosh, and you're asking, I'm looking for the name of the person who did it and I can't for the life of me remember it in this moment. So, but there was an experiment that was done by, by um, a scientist and and what he did was, you know, you know, the pendulum clocks, the cuckoo clocks? Sure. Right? Goes back, right? So he took one cuckoo clock and put it in a room and, and then found like 60 more. There's some crazy amount. And put them all in the room together. And what happened was, is that when you first put them in the room, they were all like, like this. And came back 24 hours later, and 24 hours later, all the clocks were going like this in the really? same direction. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing as, let's just say you have a group of women, and, and they are living together. And what will happen over the course of time of their living together, all of their menstrual cycles will become in sync. So we have this within us, like... Uh, because we are all vibrational frequency, we're all energy, and energy moves and is in motion, and energy is vibrating, and we're all influenced by vibration all the time. So that's what the entrainment is. It's being entrained to some other... To a uh, dominant frequency. Do you think... I've always... Dominant frequency. Not always. I feel like that's what happens with yawns. You know how yawns are, like, contagious? <laughs> like, like, someone's, like not even 15% into their yawn and then like you yawn and, and it happens subconsciously. Another. You didn't like say, oh, that person's yawning. I'm going to yawn. It just happened. It's like, is that entrainment? Is that but what's going but on? It, it, I would think that it is a, is a kind of entrainment because again, I'm going to go back to this thing. Everything is vibration. Your thoughts are vibrating. Your feelings are vibrating. So if there is a dominant energy of sleepiness, in the room, a dominant vib a vibration of fatigue or tiredness, you're going to notice everybody in the space is going to go <gasps> and need to want to rest. So one of the examples I give my students is, um, you know, let's just say you're in a car, okay? Oh, not you're, you're not in a car yet, but 
you, you wake up in the morning, you meditate, you feel fabulous, you eat your breakfast, you, you're, you're, you're in a really good place of peace inside of yourself. And then you get in your car because you're going to go to work or you're going to go to class, you're going somewhere, and you put on your favorite Ashana song like Vision or something else from one of her albums or something, somebody else's music, right? And you're singing away, you're having a great, 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 great time. You get to a traffic light and the car next to you has its windows down and it's going <gasps> and it's some really crazy, you know, your whole being just starts shaking. And you close your window and you drive off and it takes you 10 minutes to find your center again. Because what happened in that moment is you got entrained. And we are being entrained all of the time. You're entrained when you're scro scrolling social media. You're entrained when you're reading or watching or listening to the news. You're entrained when you're hearing a speaker. You're entrained when you're listening to music, right? You're entrained when there's a big energy in the space around you. Let's just say you go into your boss's office and he, she is having a really bad day. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the office is going, Everybody's walking around on tiptoes, or you come into the office and someone's having a fabulous day. It's just, they, they're exuding an energy of love and contentment and happiness. And it's like, it's like a vibration that permeates the whole space, right? So we're constantly being entrained. Choose your environment wisely. Well, choose your environment wisely, choose what you listen to wisely, choose yeah. what you read wisely, choose what you think wisely, choose how you feel wisely. You know, this is, this is, we are all vibrational beings. Now, let's go to resonance. So resonance, natural resonance is the, is the innate vibrational frequency at which something vibrates. And when two or more that are similar grow to get come together there's like an attraction and that because it's it's like attracting like and then when they come together that resonance becomes amplified and again you know we see this in um we see this in like a sports arena for example where Lots and lots and lots of people are cheering for their team, and everybody's doing the way. Whoa! You know? So two things That's don't have to be the same frequency. To well, similar frequency to be in resonance. They do okay. Right. So so yeah. So you'll see some of like uh, like um like a, a a group of people that are that are focused around. A particular topic or a particular belief system. Let's say, you know, they go together, they want to celebrate or um, taking care of the earth. That thought form, that belief system creates its own resonance and that resonance attracts other people to come in. Or a political party 
that resonance with belief systems will attract people to come in and then the resonance gets amplified. This is so, all about vibration. It's so in the terms of bowls, if you have two bowls mm -hmm. and one is a C, for another bowl to resonate with it, it doesn't need to be a C. It just has to be in what? In some particular relationship with it? Or well, then you're talking about you, you, now those you're are harmonies. That's a different like, topic. You're getting into harmony. Okay. But, you know, it's a really great question what you're asking. So let's just, I don't know if your audience can really hear this, but here's, here's two bowls that are the same note. Okay. Okay. So we have we have one bowl here. This is a B, and this is the same size, but it's a B. So if I play this bowl, and then I play this one, now if you were sitting right next to me, you'd feel that this sound now has gotten louder and larger. They're okay. Not they're the same note, but they're not quite the same tuning. They're very, very, very slightly different. And so you'll hear that wave. The wave coming in. But now, the more I play this, the bigger and bigger the sound is going to get. Oh, really? It'll just continue to grow? It'll continue to grow to the extent that the, the, the threshold of sound that can be produced by the bowl will allow. How does one know? I mean, I assume the, these don't look inexpensive. These look nice. So if <laughs> some if somebody if somebody want I want one. I I don't have one. Uh, if somebody wants one, how yeah. do you know? Like, what do you look for? How do you know which one is the one that you want to start a relationship with? <laughs> well. Um... Usually it's helpful to have a person like myself around to help you um, connect with that. That's, that's definitely a good way to go um, because they are a significant investment. It's not the kind of thing I don't think. It's not the kind of thing you want to do just, you know, purchasing it just out of the blue. You really want to uh, have a, um, an ally in, in bringing that in. Now, that being said, um, you know on how it feels to you. So and you should, does that mean you need to be in the room with it? or Not necessarily. No. Okay. I mean, I've, I've been putting bowls into people's hands all over the world, and they do it with me um, connecting to the bowls through my website. You know, so there, so we have this process where we have, you know, clips on the sound clips on the bowl on, on the website and they're well produced. And that's always me playing the bowls. And then we have a conversation because I really don't like anybody purchasing bowls from me that doesn't have a conversation with me. So I can make sure, is this the right thing for you? You know, does this work inside your life? Does this, you know, are you feeling aligned with this? Because, let me just put it this way. I love these guys so much. I want them going to the right home. They need a good home. You know, and I want to make sure that that home is the right home for them. And 
if my person that's coming to me is in love with that bull, I'm usually, you know, they're like 99%. That's definitely the right person. Um, that's the right place for that bull. So it's just, I'm here to, 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 to make sure that, that the relationship is a good one. Because sometimes um, people come in and they, they do bowls based on eye candy. And this happens. You know, Understandably. Go, oh, my God, yeah. I have to have that. And then, you know, they get at home and they're like, wow, it's not quite the right. And here you have, you've invested your time, your energy, your resources into this beautiful being. And it's not quite the fit that you thought it was going to be. You know, so better to have somebody who's a real advocate and ally that can then you know make sure that all your questions are answered and 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 you have you know where it feels a hundred percent right. So you basically consult people on choosing the right bowl. Yeah, I do. I and and it's more than just the I looks do. and the sound. Is it like what do you what are you looking to get out of it? How are you looking to use it or are there other well, factors that go in? Like, they're all different colors. You said because of these extra ingredients that are put in, do those ingredients serve specific purposes? Sure. There are precious gemstones, minerals, and metals, ruby, diamond, citrine, gold, um, platinum, uh, titanium, charcoal, indium, emerald. I mean, there's just lots and lots of those. And, uh, you know, as I said, I mean, it is so easy to do eye candy with these. It's just not funny. Yeah. No. Um, and it can be really overwhelming. I already have them ordered in my favorites on a list here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be really hard because you just go in and you go, oh, my God, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I get? You know, what's right for me? And so, you know, we, we talk about that. You know, you and I sit down and we talk about it. It's like... What is it that you're wanting? You know, what, why, why is this important to you? You know, how do you visualize and envision yourself um, having this being inside in your life? You know, and is it one or is it two or three or four that are coming together? You know, what's, what's your vision? What's your dream for this? And we talk about that. And I can best direct you at that point in time uh, where you're saying to me, Oh, I really, really, really love this. And I'm like, great, let's look at that. How long is that process um, should be allocated for that? How long does that take? Depends on the person, you know. Usually I start people with, I say, okay, let's like, let's look, go and look on the website first and, and just immerse yourself in those sounds. And, and when you're done and you make a list of the sounds that make you go, ah, you know, call me. And we're going to talk. Okay. And then and at that point in time, I'll say, okay, if you can't find what you want here, then let me source that for you until um, we find exactly what's right for you in that moment. And, and you know, like I said, I've been doing this for <laughs> jeepers. I've been putting bowls in people's hands for as long as I have been playing bowls. So that's almost 25 years. I would like to go through that process. I would like to, I want, I want to experience that, and then I want to have a relationship with the bull. Oh, you're gonna be. It's considering the work that you guys do. Um, 
it's just going to take things to another level for you. All the mindfulness work that you do and helping yourself and others kind of go into that silence, go into the stillness. I think bowls are amazing. They, they are the quintessential instrument, a quintessential instrument for helping us move into stillness. So it, it just allows us to shift our vibration because we get entrained by the sound. We shift our vibration to a higher frequency, a more expanded state of consciousness, a more expanded way of being. And then when the sound diminishes, the ease with which one can just lean back and rest in, in, in the frequency that's been co-created, right, um, is just exquisite. You know, I can close my eyes, literally, and feel that without ever playing a bowl. So there's been such a training. You have a reference. For that. There's, yeah, it creates the reference point. And then when you combine that with your practice, your meditation practice of stillness and all, the, everything that you and Sarah have done to uh, deepen that work inside of yourself, those practices inside of yourself, you combine that with playing a bowl, then everything's just going to go yeah, I would, I would like to. I want that felt experience. I mean, I listen to them all the time, and it's super therapeutic. Mm -hmm. But I want that like uh, 10, 15 minutes at night in my evening routine where I get where my body feels it. Yeah, I want that um, not once in a blue moon. I want it like on the regular. I want it to become part of my routine and to see what unfolds from that yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. And there's something you mentioned also something in the book I'll touch on. I know I've uh, coming to an end here, but um, about the body, like the structures of the body basically being made to, I don't know if transduces or like to conduct the information or conduct the sound. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like we're, I don't know. I don't know how you framed it. Like a liquid, like, we're a bag of water with all these minerals in it that are made to like conduct stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're we're like these big giant antennas for sound. Ten, yeah. Physically, you know, when you put it that way. And and when frequency is introduced because water is the is the greatest conductor of sound. When you introduce a sound and vibrational frequency into it in in the environment for a human being, that sound, those those frequencies are literally being carried by all the fluids of the body and just taking it to the cells, taking it into the DNA, taking it into the bones, taking it into the organs, and you know, never mind all of the energy bodies that 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 are part of our energetic and magnetic field. You know, yeah. so so it's affecting our emotions. It's affecting our 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 uh, mental body. It's affecting how we perceive and um, absorb light. You know, it's affecting how we can uh, intensify. That's not the word I'm looking for. It's affecting the clarity 
of our relationship with our higher self, our soul. So all of that gets impacted by the sound of the bowl. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's funny, we had someone on a while back that said um, doctors used to like check bones if there was a break. They, they would use a tuning fork and put it on one end of a bone and see how the frequency came out the other end. And if it was like came out clean, that meant the bone was intact. Wow. So they would I use sound. That. That's really cool. Like how is sound passing through this? And if there was a disruption, then they knew there was like a fracture or something. Well, that's really interesting that you should say that because when you, you know, when I, if I'm doing like private sessions with somebody or working with somebody, um, you can feel uh, when you introduce a bowl or you introduce a sound into a person's field, some, you'll hear the difference in the sound that the bowl makes. So all of a sudden, you know, the sound of the bowl just feels like amplified or it'll feel more subdued. You know, you mean affected by the person that's there? Yeah, it's 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 the of course because right. we're all frequency, right? Yeah. So there's there's this interaction between the vibration of the bowl and the vibration of the person's field, and and it 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 has an effect upon the sound. Cool stuff. Yeah, it's very cool stuff. Super fun. Um. So you you were kind enough to offer. Um, some of your music for uh, one of our meditations. So Sarah's meditations um, will often have music in the background, and we're always excited when we get to test it out with the, you know, something new. And I just want to say thank you personally for providing a track. I um, Sarah's heard some of your music a little bit, not as much as I have, but she's heard me like listening to it. So I sent um sent it her way through like spotify said listen to some of these tracks and pick one and it took her like no time she's like i love this <laughs> so i think she chose a uh, soul merge yeah i'm saying that right yeah. so um so for the listeners uh sometime in the next few weeks we'll publish one of uh, sarah's guided meditations with your music in the background so really excited for that and again just thank you for providing that you're welcome um that's a fun collaboration so i appreciate it and um your the name of your book if people want to check it out it's called let me do i have it here i'm sure i have it but it's called crystal singing bowls the angelic sound of healing relaxation and spiritual awakening Okay, and your website is soundofashana.com. Is, is there so any? S O U N D, soundofashana.com. And your music's all over Spotify. So I all over Spotify, encourage people to check it out. Amazon and Apple Music and Pandora. And you can go onto the website and you can download everything. And I thought we were giving you guys some music too. We're not, we're not giving you guys um, a 10 minute. Ex, uh, Do you um, want to? That would be. Great. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we did that or not. We'll have to check with Ashley M, but we'll make something happen for you. Okay. Um, oh, you didn't mean right. I thought you meant right now. Okay. I wasn't oh, ready. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, no. Is there anything else you'd like to add or share or let people know about what's on the horizon for you or anything? You know what? I would because we have a project that's coming out next year 
which, uh, not next year, <laughs> I'm so used to 2023, but this year, it's called Celestial Alignment for Healing. And it is, I am so stoked about this. Uh, we've beta tested it. We're just finishing up our beta test of it. And the results from our beta test are amazing. It's like a, a seven week online sound healing experience with, um, with uh, all this new music. Uh, Cosmic Grace is one of the pieces there. Um, but it's a multimedia experience and online in depth uh, engagement with me and on how to use sound healing oh, um, nice. to shift. And we've had people have incredible experiences like uh, um, someone who is really struggling with mental health and depression. And for like s the last six, seven weeks, that has just been gone. It's been a, a no, no, no more impact from that. We've had so is this like a live workshop? How, what's yes, it's okay. going to be it's going to be a seven week online experience, and the people that are in the course are going to be receiving the music, and they're going to be receiving downloads and videos, and um, it's just pretty pretty wonderful. And, and as when I do said, you expect that to be? Um, I think out? we I think the first of that course will be launched in March. If it's not March, it'll be April, and we will be running it uh, probably twice, two to three times a year uh, at this point. And then that may change uh, depending on the numbers of people that are uh, wanting to do it. But as I said, you know, we've just had amazing experiences. Two people we had in the beta test uh, were on medications. Actually, I think three were on medications. And within about three to four weeks of the program, um, they stopped. Well, that's fantastic. So we've had people with cancer on it, showing shifts in their treatment protocols. We've had don't say that they'll ban singing bowls. I mean, no, no, no. I just said I'm not saying that it was healing. I'm just saying that there were shifts in uh, in their in their experience, so that they they were using it as part of their other protocols. So now, do awesome. they have bowl? Like, do you have online workshops where you're teaching people how to make music? How to make music? Like how to use them, like how to how to play them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Crystal Ball Mastery. That's our program, Crystal Ball Mastery. Okay. And so we do that. That's a that's an online that we are extending now this year with uh, I'm bringing on another teacher, one of my um, senior students and colleagues who is an amazing and gifted singer and a registered holistic registered nurse. And she has so many things to offer. She's also a medical intuitive, and she's going to be co-teaching this program with me. How long is that program? That program is probably going to be nine months to a year. Oh. So it's a, that's, that's a full certification program in sound healing with crystal singing bowls. So we're very, very excited about that. Is there something more bite-sized where it's like a few weeks and you learn how to, or is it just? Yeah, you just, yeah, yeah well. <laughs> Well, we're going to put something like that together. Okay. <laughs> well, Ashana, um, I thank you for taking the time. To, it's an absolute pleasure to, to see face-to-face, -face and um, I'm really grateful for your music and that you're out there making it. And I learned a lot today, and I'm looking forward to deepening um, my practice in the future, in the near future, with one of these um, beautiful instruments and, and building my own relationship and seeing where that takes me. Yeah. Um, so thanks again for taking the time and for the listeners, of course, always grateful for your listening. 
And I hope everybody out there has a terrific day.